Hush now, city kids, gather round for other men's. Hush now, city kids. When it came to me after so long, I didn't have no choices, choices, and the streets where I was from. When I think about the pain, I didn't have no choices, choices, I took what I had sworn. Hush now, city kids, gather round for Robin Mets. Hush now, city kids. Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters, Jordy's here, Jordy's there, it's me Steve Wraith, uh, my fault, I was late, uh, had uh, more pressing engagements to sort out this afternoon, but uh, we're here, we're live, and it's uh, welcome to Stu, to Kev, to Mitch, to Steve, to Alwadid and to George, and uh, as always, plenty to talk about in the next hour, and uh, if you've got any questions which we have time to answer, we will get them in, and don't forget, Ask George is always part of this show uh, usually halfway through, so if you've got a question, a burning question for George, uh, then get it in and we will uh, ask George after the ads. Okay, uh, let's start with um, the sad news, I guess, about uh, Harvey Barnes, Stu. Um, you know, he's unfortunately, he's he's got a he's got an injury. Um, you know, Eddie Howe mentioned it in the press conference today. I haven't had time to watch the press conference. I've only seen a few outtakes of it. But um, ultimately, he's going to be out for months. And, it, you know, it's, it's a foot injury. Uh, we're not, not quite sure what it is. Um, but, you know, it looks as if he potentially might have to have surgery, which will rule him out for months as opposed to weeks. So it's bad news. Um, but we have, got, we have got a big squad these days. So maybe it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, well, you're always going to get injuries in football league through the squad. Uh, and thankfully, we've got a strong enough squad now that can cope with two or three players missing. And Harvey Bonds just playing his way in, getting used to the system, etc. Uh, and getting his fitness up. But you'll come good. The same happened to the man of the moment, Anthony Gordon, uh, at the start of his career with Newcastle. He got an injury and, you know, they, they don't buy them because they're not good. They buy them because they're excellent players. So I've no doubt Harvey Barnes will come back uh, better, fitter, better, hungrier, which is going to benefit us. And it might be at the right time of the season for us as well as similar we've played all the season, a flag and he'll come in fresh. And, you know, we've got Joe Elton coming back soon. Willick is coming back soon. So, I mean, you don't want to wish an injury on anyone, but it's one place that we do have enough cover in, I think. And I just hope he gets well soon. And it's, it's not as... Serious as what Eddie how suspected <laughs> you know, because it, it can be quite dangerous, especially because it wasn't in a tackle or anything. It doesn't seem like it was a clean break. It was just when whilst he was trying to push off the ground, wasn't it? So hopefully it, it's not as bad as what it is. I know uh, Dr. Neil gave a few examples earlier of what it may be, and I'm sure he'll talk about that in a bit more depth. But just wish him well, and I hope the lads are still in the Champions League when he's back which means we're qualified for the next rooms. All right, Kev, it's a blow. Uh, it's a blow for the player as well. I mean, disappointment for him because, you know, players want to be involved at the moment. They want to be playing these games. And uh, he just looked so disconsolate sitting on the bench, you know, obviously delighted Newcastle won, but, you know, just wishing he could have been part of it. For sure. And, you know, it's, I've had experience, not myself personally, with the toy injury. My wife picked up a displaced big toe, which is an innocuous injury, which again... Leads into um, your yeah, metatarsal, which depends on how the break goes. Um, if it's required surgery, that's not going to be a fun one to recover from. Um, but yeah, I just you feel sorry for the lad because he seems like he was he, he got off to a flyer against Villa. Um, then he, you know, in and out, but again, that's the anyhow way. So you just again, you feel sorry for him, and he was trying to. Get, you can see he was trying to get into the first team and trying to do what he's been told to do and um, assimilate into the team as as one. And yeah, it's just a little setback for him, really. And it again, depends on the severity of the injury. Is it dependent on months uh, versus days or weeks? So yeah, it's unfortunate, but like you said, we've got plenty of cover over in that area with players coming back in. Um, you know, there's various different options and that's always the positive, you know, with the silver lining, if you will. You know, there's always options we have available on that side. Mitch, 
Um, the, the injury hasn't quite been revealed. I mean, we'll find out more over the next few days, I'm sure. But um, rumours were flying around it was a toe, a broken toe last night. I mean, you know, we can only speculate as to what it is. How said foot injury, um, yeah. which which is a broader a broader explanation. So it leaves us all guessing what this injury is. Um, I mean, if it's metatarsal, which is something we learned mm-hmm. out about with Beckham, you know, that's going to have one healing period. If it's a broken toe, I'd imagine it's not a great deal you can do with that. The other thing that Howe said is it was an unusual injury. Ah, right, OK. So if you get an unusual injury in football, the two that spring to mind are ones that are more common in American football, which are the Liz Frank injury and the Jones fracture. The Jones fracture is a fracture of the metatarsal in and around the, the, the little toe. Um... A Lisfranc injury is more to the centre of the foot. Um, and it's it was actually described by a French surgeon during the Napoleonic Wars after people got knocked off horses and dragged by the stirrups. They used to get these funny breaks in their feet. And that's why it's called a Lisfranc injury. Um, my understanding for the treatment of both is that if it's a less than a two millimetre displacement, they may get away with just a cast on it. But if it's greater than two millimetres, it needs surgery and it needs stabilisation. And that's the problem. The, the problem is the blood supply in that area is pretty rubbish. So it doesn't heal very well and it's prone to breaking down again. Um, it tends to be in situations where your foot gets trodden on or your foot's rolling where you're, where you're trying to run. And that's why you see it more in other contact sports and less in football. If I remember right, it was one of those two that uh, Michael Carrick's brother had all the problem with his foot um, when he got the nasty foot injury, but I can't remember which one off the top of my head. Either way, if you're looking at it, the best case scenario is six weeks for a cast only. But my old understanding, having spoken to someone today, is that with athletes, they tend not to take that view because it's likely to still need surgery after six weeks. Um, so more often than not, they go straight to surgery. Um, and it actually means two surgeries, one to put plates and stabilise, and then another to remove at a later date. So you're looking at a minimum of 12-week recovery. So that's why you're saying, you know, months, it could be longer. Um, <coughs> you just hope it's it's as quick as it possibly can and he comes back right. And he'll probably come back at a time just when we need some fresh legs. So I think that's the we've got to try and look at the positives. Um, I wouldn't rule out seeing Young Hall playing on the left-hand side further up the pitch than not necessarily at left full-back. Um, we've got options. That's the beautiful thing of the squad that we have right now. So everybody who's been saying, oh, why we bought all these players and we're not playing them well, here we go. We could play 60 games plus this season and we're going to get injuries all the time and let Eddie rotate as he needs to see fit and keep minutes in people's legs. Okay, Steve. Doctor Neil's given us his uh, diagnosis, um, but it's a, it's it's a, it's a pity, isn't it? And I think a lot of people in the chat are rightly mentioning the fact that Gordon are on, you know, Gordon's on four yellow cards. You know, he he could be next out of the team, but we do have options in midfield, Steve. Yeah, that's why we have a squad. Simple as that. You know, people talk about players being off form, talk about injuries. Very rarely do people mention suspensions, but you know what? Yep, that the the Gordon's on four could very easily be on five. Um, in, in in very very soon, um, just by the nature of the way he plays, the way that he gets stuck in, um, he does pick up some strange bookings. I must say, uh, there's been at least one or two where I thought, you know, I don't know whether that's warranted a booking, but uh, that's where it goes. And as for Barnes, I mean, I, I suffered from a, a very similar injury um, playing on artificial pitch, um, and uh, the 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 pain was excruciating. Went to the hospital, uh, got it strapped up. Um, x-rayed, couldn't find anything strapped up and now 20 years later I suffer from a terrible calcified joint on my big toe um, and around that area um, it, it is very very painful when it happens, uh, you can't put any weight on it. Um, it you don't know what it is, you don't know what, how it's how it's occurred because it just it's it, it was something that wasn't in a tackle or anything just running, very similar to, to, to where the bones went down you know um, but you know that that's football, isn't it? That's what you you know. We know that Barnes will recover. We know that he's, he'll have the best medical treatment. 
Uh, you'll not be getting the 306 up into town and then the 306 back. <laughs> I know that for a fact, <laughs> as happened with me. Um, and then walking from the walking from the 306 bus stop up to the up to uh, E. So I hope he's getting better treatment than that. But uh, yeah, that's what the squad's for, Steve. Um, and uh, you know what? Um, some amiable cover there, um, as as both the guys have said. So, Alwaleed, are you sorry to see uh, Barnes injured? Uh, of course, you see any 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 player who has injury, it's kind of upset. Uh, um, still seven months, uh, almost seven month, months for uh, season to be end. So uh, <clears throat> I hope this is uh, going to be the uh, last injury for Newcastle player. Um, I believe uh, how in the way he should he should uh, not focus on the same lineup every time. So. And if if he do more, you know, playing with different uh, contests, like if a cup, Carabao Cup, with the same players, uh, unfortunately, I believe the injury will continue. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> I hope he get will uh, best soon uh, to join their mates. And how did you celebrate Saudi National Day, Al Walid? Yeah, I, actually, I forget to thank you, lads. Uh, thank you for. Uh, and appreciate your messages and uh, tweets about it. Really appreciate it. And uh, it was really a great night, as always, with uh, celebrating in uh, in uh, public space, places and the street with the Saudi flag and everything. It was great, really. Great stuff, mate. Uh, glad you had a good time. George, good evening. Hello, Steve. Uh, yes, Harvey Barnes. We talked about it briefly last night. Spenny uh, Sad. Spenny did announce it last night. Uh, he'd said he'd heard um, from from a contact that it was a, a toe issue and that he would be out for a few months. So uh, he wasn't far wrong. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing, George. It is. It's disappointing for the lad as well because he was he was certainly starting to make his mark, which is which is great. But others have said it. He'll he'll come back even stronger and and better for it, and Eddie will make sure that that's right. So we'll still see a, a Harvey Bonds that's uh, an asset to Newcastle United. Um, I, the, the issue about whether or not there was a tackle, he got two very, very bad tackles just before he went down. And one of the tackles I thought should have been a card. Um, it was really horrible. And, and I think uh, that might have been the start of it. But never mind. Um, the lad's, the lad's uh, out of it now. And uh, uh, as regards what next, well, you've all said it. We, we've got a big squad. We, we've got lots of things we could try that he could try. And I think he, he, he'll, he'll take the opportunity to experiment when he's got to. But uh, um, there's lots of positive things as well that, and, and things that we've seen lately. That some of these new lads, I, I really like the look at some of them. That, that uh, Even though they've only had a few minutes, it's uh, been quite exciting. So, um, yeah, um, it's sad and, and we'll move on. And uh, um, I, th I think in the, in the outcome will be that uh, we end up with a better Harvey Barnes and Somebody may just stake their claim, which would be fantastic, you know. Yeah, plenty of options in that area. I think we all agree. Um, as I say, I've been slightly out of the loop uh, today. I haven't been uh, following Newcastle United's news, so I'm relying on the panellists to keep us right. So anything that's in the chat, um, I have to take it as read. Um, you haven't Stu, been uh, says Newcastle... Well, dear me, I've seen a few messages about that. Uh, well, the least we say about PSG away next Wednesday, which in fact is a home game, being on the website, the better. Uh, the least we say about that. BT says, Newcastle United have announced a multi-year partnership with an online sports betting brand, M Bet MGM. Uh, the reason behind this was the team's ambition and the drive aligned with their own growth strategy. But how will the club benefit from having a betting firm linked with the club and i think somebody else put something else in there about there yeah, Sutty did uh what are your thoughts on today's announcement that we've got a new sponsor in vegas betting company mgm have you heard any numbers of how much we could get from the deal and uh i, I might as well add this to it because um somebody somebody also put uh um something in about the bank it was Sutty again just saw on x someone sharing an update on companies house showing 114 millions being put in well Hey, if that's from MGM, that's it. It's not a bad deal, is it? But um, <laughs> that's a joke, people. Uh, but yes, you. I've not heard anything about this. Um, have you? No, but I have been contacted by the MGM to promote their three-one scoreline bets. 
Oh, dear me, oh. What were the odds on that, eh? Has, uh, anybody, has anybody seen this? Because I, I don't know whether this yeah, is true well, or not. There's, there's something we've mentioned, I think, several times. Not this uh, particular thing, but there's, there's loads of ways the club can source new revenue streams. Uh, and betting partners is one of the ways to go. It's, it's something that other clubs have as well. Uh, so I'm sure that will be inside the ground. And a lot of it will be online because that's where most of the gambling's done these days anyway, online. And if you've got an association with Newcastle United, the, the, they've obviously, if you pardon any pun, they've probably took a punt thinking, right, we'll get a lot of Newcastle fans gambling with us. What they don't take into consideration is Newcastle fans are quite savvy and they'll go to the one with the best odds, not the one that sponsors their club. But it gets their name out there, it gets, uh, they'll, be, they'll be advertising the ground, etc. And a little bit I've seen about this 114 million, that was in August. Uh, and it's just putting cash flow into the, into the company. That, that's all it is. Um, they can put money in and, and take it out. It's their business. Uh, they'll be waiting for TV money to come in, revenue from other things and stuff like that. And it's just keeping the the club liquid. So I know there's rumours saying that, that that's Amanda selling some of her shares and stuff like that. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just a normal business transaction. I may well be wrong, but that's my understanding of it. Okay. Um, Kev, I presume you haven't seen anything about this. John Spencer saying it's on the official website. So I'll have to have a look. As I say, guys, I've, yeah, I've, look today. I've, I've seen, seen it. I've seen in the MGM stuff and a little bit about the cash flow, what Stu just mentioned. I know, like we, we were talking before, we went live about American sports and the American money that's involved in there and they're not it's an mgm group and it's not from vegas i've looked up on their website the the new a new jersey based company which is in new york area so it's not a full yes it's vegas yes that's the the poll because we've got the massive hotel chain so um i think it's i mean again it's a a commercial partnership deal which can only benefit the club it's an online betting uh, betting book that they call it here so you get various different things you get from various different sports so again it's only positive um how you could even put put the mgm at st james's park on on the top of the stand you know so you know the possibilities are endless um again we get something every week where we've got a new commercial sponsor coming in or somebody that we're linked with or Whatever it is. So again, look, if it's putting cash flow into the club without selling anybody or the owners putting their own money in, more better for us. Yeah, I'm just reading up on the website here. Um, Sam Beher from U- he's the UK director of BetMGM says Newcastle United's re-entry into the world's elite this season is a golden moment for the football club and its incredible fans. We are proud that the club has selected BetMGM as one of its betting partners for the upcoming season. So it's just another, it's just like another deal like noon, Mitch. Really, it's another one in the, it's another one in the pot. Yep, it's another one in the pot. Um, interesting. I've got a feeling Steve may correct us here. Were they not the guys that were going to build the casino when they were talking about building the casino at the Leasers End? The MGM was part of the MGM group with the casino people. Now this is this is just uh, a betting company that has the name MGM in front of it. Um, whether that was whether that's a coincidence or not, or whether we're, uh, we're I, I bet if we dig around, perhaps was always dangling there. Who knows? But there could be links going further back than we realise. Um, I think that they're making it more of a play that they're also in the esports as well. That it's not just about the gambling side of things, and that ticks a lot of boxes with PIF and their investments and divestments within esports as well. Um, one wonders where if you if you follow the links where they actually end up in totality. Um, at the end of the day, though, as many different partners as possible balances the FFP books, and uh, that's the way we've got to look at it. How you feel about gambling sites and how we feel about accessibility to gambling. I think everybody knows it's something I tweet about occasionally, haven't had friends who've, who've gone the wrong way. <laughs> um, 
We're just Mag- having a John, Johnny Allen yeah, quote. That. It stands for magpies, magpies getting, getting millions. millions. <laughs> <laughs> I can even see that. <laughs> but I, I think at the end of the day, as long as um, the partnership's done well, which it will be, they've got experience in the NFL. I think they've got links to Denver Broncos and the Raiders and the Titans, I think. Um, I could be wrong there, but uh, they're, they're certainly they're no, um, they're not new to the world of sport, and they're not new to how they they can um, integrate, enhance an experience for a fan base um, or what have you. And at the end of the day, all the partnerships add up, don't they? Yep, Steve. It's another. It's another good. Uh, it's another good little acquisition. Peter Silverstone doing his bit uh, again. I mean, he's he's certainly making an impression, isn't he? Um, and certainly got the contacts. His little black book must be worth worth a few uh, worth a few billion to this club. Exactly, and and not only that, but the, it was also announced today that MGM Resorts, uh, this casino gambling company, were also sponsoring uh, Talk Sport. So they want to. They partnered up with Talk Sport today. Um, which was interesting. We're looking at some of the other people that they're linked with, uh, Yahoo, uh, the NBA, the Women's NBA, uh, Baseball, National Hockey League, uh, the MLS, and then uh, the New York Jets are one of the clubs, the Vikings as well. Um, so quite a lot of uh, American influence on that, naturally, because they're, as uh, Kev says, a New Jersey-based company. But uh, obviously new to the new to the. Uh, the UK, new to the to, to the the British betting market, um, probably as as everybody knows with betting now, it, it can be global. They, they tend to concentrate on on not only online betting but uh, also this casino betting, you know, um, on the slots and stuff like that. So uh, I, I suppose an interesting concept for some. Uh, I'm not a betting person myself, so it's not uh, something that. Uh, particularly enamoured with, not something that sort of rocks my boat, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, it, it's just another, just another name that will be on a on a, a sponsor's wall behind us and it'll quickly be filling up and uh, they'll be, these will not be the only ones, there'll be plenty more. Most companies have got a betting partner. Um, most companies have got a UK betting partner. Um, we've got Fun 88. I wonder whether or not that that will drift away, or whether that is also going to be absorbed within MGM. And um, because a lot of these betting companies are all linked together in some way, shape, or form, whether or not they're running out of the Isle of Man or Jersey or or you know the Cayman Islands or wherever it happens to be. But uh, yeah, I mean, from a from a financial perspective, if it brings money into the football club. Um, like every other football club who's got betting partners, uh, we've got one now that uh, that looks like a global one rather than a parochial. Al Walid, it's good to see the Saudi um, owners, you know, have recruited the right people at the club. Um, you know, we 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 know that we need to have the right personnel on the pitch, but off the pitch, they've really been smart. You know, they're, they're working with Amanda Stabley, Mia Dad, and, and the Ruben family, but also away from away from business. Al Ramaya, and you know the, the recruitment has been very, very good. Does that surprise you? Uh, well, not surprise me. And, uh, uh, we remember how how it was to be. Uh, it was just uh, Mike Ashley and Lee Charlie before, and now look now it's expanding. Uh, uh, they have recruiting, uh, and I believe still need to be more recruiting at Newcastle. To be, uh, you know, to to achieve the uh, dream and make Newcastle number one uh, team, it need more, uh, more really, more than that. And I believe we are in the in, in the way for this. Uh, 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 this club is a nation behind this club, so uh, I'm, I'm very happy, and I'm sure will. Uh, Will uh, crown this with uh, with a trophy so very soon. Great stuff, Al Walid. Um, you're back on the show as well. Now we've had a couple of weeks off. Um, George, it, yes. it's another it's another partner. It's a. I, I just I, I'm just a bit concerned. Our shirt's going to start getting covered in loads of different. You know, <laughs> I hope they don't go back to the green old days where you've got to stitch it on. I'll get your man to stitch no, it on. No, we'll, no, all be, thanks, we'll all be no. nagged. Um. It's it's uh, goes back to where I said we were talking about the whole takeover thing. Um, you either ditch it or you embrace it. 
and and quite clear our our uh, new owners are embracing it uh, with both hands and all, all their arms as well. Um, I had to giggle when because uh, Kevin stole me thunder a little bit. I was gonna because you were talking about Vegas at first. I was gonna say, well, it's not Vegas; it's bloody New Jersey. And you just need to think not too far back who made all the money in gambling in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they were very unsavory characters, but never mind, that's another matter. Um, I, I just think that spreading it around and getting other people in, that I think Needle said it, you know, the more we can get this FFP uh, load we've got on our back disappears slowly but surely. And and that's that's great for for everybody in concerned with the club, uh, not just uh, you know not just the players but the, but the owners and the fans as well because it's uh, people fans must be fed up with hearing those words FFP without actually understanding what it means and uh, if we can just uh, as I say offload some of it like like they seem to be doing that that's fantastic I I. I just uh, embrace it, as I say, and let's uh, let's see what they do. If um, uh, there is a concern about betting in old things, but at the end of the day, um, we're we're not entirely in a nanny state yet. But uh, with the right people beside you, uh, we can we can help people avoid problems with it. And that I'm sure that uh, I see a lot of it on on this platform and other platforms that we've got, uh, where people reach out to some. To, to people who've got uh, minor issues, and, and I, I think that's uh, something that we could help with. But uh, no, it, it's great, and, and uh, the, the more more the merrier is my attitude, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, George. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we do have a, a new feature, if you remember, on this show. It is my first two match. <laughs> Does it stopped that bloody music? <laughs> That's what people will be doing around around the world now. Bloody hands over their heads. That one is even worse than the one we do on a Friday. I think definitely that will have blown a few speakers. Anyway, the idea behind this one is uh, we ask you to send in your first tune games. And Tom uh, says my first game. Uh, he says I'm from Anik. He says on 18th of April 1987, I was invited by my friend to go to the match. Uh, his uncle would drive us to Newcastle. We were just past Mobile, and the car broke down just north of Stanton. Both me and my mate had scarves on. Now you've got to bear with this because I've got to change this over and uh, get to the get to the next one. So bear with this. Uh, where is it? Two seconds. Here it is because it's a three part of this. Here we go. There we go. I lived off that for years. Uh, oh no, I got. Where is it? So had scarves on and were. Oh no! Where's the other bit? <laughs> I got the bus back after the game. We jumped into the car, unbeknown to me. The driver was David McCreary. There it is. And the passenger was Ian Stewart. They told us they played for the team and that they and, and they, they could get us in. Where do you want to sit? My mate says, oh, uh, we will just go in, in, into the ground. He says, I lived up that for years, but I just wish my mate had said that we could sit in a box. Um, I saw Stewart score that day. I got the date wrong. It was the first of the first, 1987. Crazy, but the two lads were so kind. And it made me a lifelong tune supporter. So basically, they got down to the, they went down to the game, and they ended up getting a lift off David McCreary and Ian Stewart, who said they played, and they offered them tickets for the game, and they just said, "Oh, just get his normal tickets." He just wished he got in the box top. <laughs> they ended up in a normal, they ended up in normal seats. But on that day, Ian Stewart actually scored. It, I love that because it just shows you how football has changed, lads. How football has changed. Footballers travelling to a match in their own car. Yeah, yeah. First yeah. first team players. But that was great, Tom. Thank you for sending that in. If you've got a story, uh, which I won't cock up, I promise. Um, if you've got a story that you can send in, tweet it to one of me or one of the lads on Twitter and we will get that out there. And um, yeah, my first tune match. <laughs>
Okay, you got time to go for a quick uh, drink, go to the toilet, whatever you want to do. Here's the ad. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephone on 01768 A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 4174. Email info at and they've got a website, which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts, and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget, we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket. Win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. Enter the day at nufcmatters.com. Don't forget, uh, the uh, Robley t-shirt is still up for grabs for the food bank. It's pinned to the top of my X account, at Steve Wraith. Just find that and place a bit underneath. We'll be drawing that on Friday. And uh, the raffle for the uh, Kieran Trippier uh, print is still ongoing. Uh, NUFCmatters.com uh, for that. And uh, there is an event, Keegan Beardsley and Waddle, um, 25th of January. Uh, tickets for that, 08442491000. And an evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson um, at the Irish Centre. Tickets £15, nufcmatters.com for those. Where you can buy a lot of T-shirts, including uh, I've never seen a Macam in Milan with our Champions League fixtures. And don't forget, I'm doing the breakfast show, uh, tuneradio.co.uk, 7 to 9, Monday to Friday. You can tune in, listen to me, Rye, Dave and Daz, uh, 7 to 9, each morning. Uh, been a lot of fun, that. And uh, something that we're doing uh, in the community, uh, Raval uh, Curry, uh, is, is something which I've enjoyed many occasions. It's a restaurant just up the Tyne Bridge in Gateshead. Uh, they are inviting Newcastle fans down uh, before the PSG game uh, at St. James's Park from three o'clock onwards. And if you want to have a meal in there, you can have 20% off if you mention NUFC Matters. Uh, but you must book in advance at revaluk.com. That's revaluk.com. We've uh, donated uh, an Alan Shearer signed ball uh, for their uh, uh, for their curry week. And it's uh, essentially what they're doing is anyone who buys a chicken tikka masala between the 2nd and the 7th of October, which is National Curry Week, they will donate the price of that curry um, to uh, feeding families. So with every tikka masala ordered, um, you will be donating uh, a meal, basically, to feeding families, which is a it's a cracking idea, uh, and we are only too willing to support that. Eat well, do good, curry with a cause. Uh, so a big thanks to Raval for getting in, uh, getting us involved with that. And uh, I know there's uh, a couple of the other lads uh, I got involved, Adam Pearson and Matty from um, the Magpie Channel. 
uh, are both supporting that as well. So thanks, lads, for, for getting involved. Okay, uh, as always, uh, we have asked George on this show. Okay, George. Uh, Roger Cook says, question for George. What's the strangest injury you've ever seen? Apart from my own. Um, oh, I, I think George Dalton. You'd all, that's a name you'll all know. George Dalton's knee uh, was nearly reversed. He, 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 it was dislocated so badly. Um, and uh, if I remember rightly, um, big, um, what did they call the, the physio guy? Uh, Much. Uh, uh, Sandy Much, the big physio, he was actually physically sick when he seen George Dalton's knee. It was so badly twisted and, and out of place, and that for a, a seasoned professional guy, because he, he was a hard Alec Much was his name. He was a hard guy, but he was physically sick when he seen George's knee, and so are a lot of the people that, that seen it now. And he seen it because I was uh, sort of in the panic with a ticket for that match. Okay, question for George uh, from Tom Dixon. He says, uh, when you played football, did you ever get hit with the football? Yes, regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Where was the it worst was... place, George? Oh, you're, you're kidding, keep aren't it, you? Keep it, keep, it, <laughs> keep it clean, George. Keep it clean. Well, <laughs> where you would normally keep your hands if you had any sense. And there's a couple there of times, go, that'll do, that'll do. Of times uh, I didn't. Councillor Spenny uh, says, ask George, does he want a cheeseburger or a hot dog on Saturday off Spenny? Hot dog, please. A hot dog. Ketchup. <laughs> uh, was that it? Oh, no. Craig Lee asked one and George did as well. Uh, question for George. What do you think of Anderson's performance against Sheffield United? With such a game, he's sort of been overlooked despite a very good performance. Uh, do you see him featuring a lot more regularly, says Craig? Yes, I hope so. I mean, if, the, if, there's, a, if there's another local hero coming, uh, and we've got one in Longstaff, I think, um, he's the next one. He's, he's starting to show uh, at this level uh, all the things we hoped he would, and the more game game time he gets, the better he'll get. So yes, I, I did enjoy what he did on uh, the other night, and it, it's not not unusual that he got uh, it looked over because of the eight goals. But I tell you what, if he'd scored one himself, uh, you know, he'd poke one in, he, it would have been different. No, I, I, I think uh, we've got lots to enjoy. The, to come from young Anderson and, and and for me it's starting to show and I thought some of it showed the other night Okay, fantastic uh, George Bainbridge, this is a strange one Question for George, does he prefer the book ending of The Grapes of Wrath or the 1942 We Are the People ending? No, I, I prefer the original Grapes of Wrath um, They picked a good book there That's my father's favourite um, uh, John Steinbeck is the author um, but I prefer the uh, the the, uh, the ending of the book, The Grapes of Wrath, to the We Are the, the People ending. There we go. And last one, Sefton uh, Mag, uh, who has been very unfortunate in the ballot. I'm seeing lots of people celebrating getting tickets. Sefton Mag hasn't had one success yet. Dear some, me. People have, some people have had three and four. Uh, how do you look so young, he says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I like to think it's part of the fact I've lived my life with young people. You know, 60-odd years teaching young people in the university, 60-odd uh, years as a, involved with the scouts, um, and 60-odd years, as 50-odd years as a school governor. Everything I've done outside my professional life has in some way in, involved young people. And uh, also trying to be young with my son, he's, he's sitting there, and young with my granddaughter. Um, I'd... I'd, I'd uh, somebody said to me when I said I was nearly 82, they said, 82 with a 25-year-old brain between your ears. And I think, think that about subs me up. Um, uh, I'm, I'm content with myself and, and uh, uh, always always delighted that I've been able to do so much with young people. And I think that's, uh, really do think that's helped me to stay the way I am. There we go. That's his secret, Sefton Mag. That's us. Okay, George, just we'll start with you and we'll go around the other way. Blue Rhythm Boys is interested to hear the panel's thoughts on Anderson. And because you've just commented on Anderson, it seems right to start with you. What's his best position? Um, he's, he's now at a level where you're happy dropping him into the starting 11, no matter who we play. So what would you say Anderson's best position is? And, you know, you know he's gonna ha he may have a bit more game time now with, with Barnes out. I, I would uh, see him as a, 
um, attack attacking midfielder, uh, where where he could do damage in the other box. Uh, mm -hmm. That's where I said because he's he's got the he's got the ball talents. The, he's got quick feet, like his grandfather had. Grand, Jeff Allen had beautiful feet, um, and uh, if you've got somebody like that, you want them doing doing that tricky stuff in the in the opponent's box. So attacking midfield would be would be my choice. Yeah, but I've got a feeling um, that he's got the ability to play right along all five front places if the, if any I wanted them to. Bit, bit like Gordon, but uh, yeah, attacking midfield, uh, Steve would be my choice. Okay, Alwaleed, what is Elliot Anderson's best position? Would you say? Uh, could it be any uh, either attacking midfielder or left uh, uh, attacking midfielder. Yes, yeah, so you play him on the left potentially. Yes. Okay, Steve. Left or right, he's a box-to-box -box midfielder. That's what he is. He's got that. He's got that strength now uh, that he didn't have a couple of seasons ago. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, he was a bit sort of I thought I thought overawed when he came on. Uh, you know, sort of was running into spaces that that he didn't need to be in and that type of thing. But I think now what what we've got is we've got a, a physically mature twenty-one-year-old who who can move uh, across the grass. Um, with ease, he can tackle, he can shoot, um, he can he can he knows when to lay the ball off, and I think he's mature going to mature into an absolutely top class midfielder. I think the world's his oyster in terms of of where he wants to play. I think you know that once he gets once he gets a good run in the team, it's going to be a case of well, who else gets dropped? Not necessarily Anderson that gets dropped, because that's the strength that he'll that he'll develop over the next couple of years. Um, you know what? He could end up like a like a combination of like a, like a Brian Robson type, you know, um, just getting wherever you want them on the pitch, he can appear and he can he can he can, you know, he can kill an kill an attack and then he can set an attack up uh, and he can get in the box and get goals. We saw him getting goals in the in America during the summer, so uh, I think the world's his oyster, really do. Okay, Mitch, same question. Mm. Firstly, thanks for the kind comments there. I'm right, I'm yeah. right you're proud of me, Dad. Oh. Although it does pass down as well as, as Stu and I were saying to each other when he was over the other weekend. When our 18-year-old brain's going to stop writing checks that my 50-year-old bodies cannot cash. And I don't <laughs> think it's going to stop anytime soon. Oh, <laughs> um, classic. Anyway, um, you know what I thought at the weekend? Anderson's finally sussed how it would be the pivot between left-back and left-wing. He finally looked like he was able to interact and interchange with Gordon let Burn overlap and, and really act as the pivot the way Joe Linton and Willick do that together. And, and that, for me, was the most encouraging thing. Also, he's hard as nails. He got hit by a bottle of water, hit by a can of Coke and didn't even flinch. <laughs> and, and nothing's been said about that, by the way. No. Um, not only did he have a bottle of water, I took him If you look at the fan cams, a can of Coke bounced off his back as well. Um... So I um, I was really encouraged that he's he's got he he knows his place in that system and I think that's the most important thing. It's not about where you drop him in. It means to me you could drop him on the right hand side as well and he would work just as well with say Trippier and Miggy, or stick him in the centre in a more advanced role and let, give him give him a free reign. Um, but I was really impressed with what I saw of him at the weekend. That that ability to let Gordon cut in and take players out with him. The ability to cut inside and let burn overlap. Um, I don't think he's necessarily always shown all of that in such a complete way as he did at the weekend, and I thought he was brilliant. Okay, Kev, where do you see uh, Elliot Anderson fitting into the team? Pretty much what everybody said, and I completely agree with Mitch in terms of that double pivot on the left side, right side, you know, covering for people when you don't really know. Well, he doesn't probably want to because he wants to be going forward and joining the attack. I mean, that's just natural. But again, it's like what Steve said in terms of the maturity of the player now. It's like, okay, well, we've got everybody bombing on left or right, and I can just sit and I'll break up the play. Then I can advance myself as a second phase and go forward. Um, but what I would say to what everybody else has said and keep it brief, I just think he needs goals. Yeah. Uh, if he gets goals, then he cements his place firmly in that starting eleven week on week, week by week game. For, depending on the game, obviously, 
Um, but I think he just needs goals. And once he does, I think he'll be off and running. Like again, you know, like a young Paul Gascoigne and getting goals from out of nowhere and just lighting the football pitch up because I think he's a special talent and we need to keep a hold of him. Okay, Stu, last but by no means least. I'll follow on from what Kev says because confidence is a commodity that's very rare in professional sport and it's priceless. And he hasn't, I think this season now, he, because he had a good preseason, where he had next in preseason, I think he's got the belief factor in himself. And I think he's been accepted by the squad. And when he's come, when he has played, he hasn't just been stuck out on the wing where he it limits any errors he may make because of his age and his lack of experience or his over-eagerness to impress. The fact that he was playing as part of a three in the middle shows that the trust is in him from the management and the coaching team. And, and again, using the word confidence, he took it in his stride and he, you could see he was reading himself in because when he went to Bristol Rovers, he, he was just like dazzling everyone, wasn't he? Like the Jordy Maradona, they nicknamed him, where he was skinning people for fun. But he's understanding that he has to be more adaptable and flexible. And, and I think it was, Mitch said, he, he's, he's strong as an ox. You know, he's, he's obviously done a lot of work in the summer to, to bulk himself up, so he's not going to get knocked off the ball easy. And, and with the confidence and the trust comes the performances. Uh, and I, I thought he was exceptional. Well, I think everyone was on, on Sunday, to be honest. But I, I thought Anderson played really well. And, of course, I'm hoping he's, uh, he does eventually say stop playing for Scotland. So I do keep an eye on and watch his movement and stuff like that. And at the moment, I don't think he's going to be pigeonholed into one position because he has the ability to play in multi-positions and play them really well. But to be playing in the middle of the park or even on the left side of the middle of the park, it's a big role in the Premier League, and he took to it, and he really, again, that just goes back to his his confidence, and again, agreeing with Kev, once there's a bit more of an end product, but I think he's, I don't think he's, uh, he's scared of shooting or anything like that, but he's, he's more conscious of being wasteful with the ball, uh, and he, he wants to make sure the ball retention's there, and so that shows he's maturing fast. Uh, and once he gets a good run the side of it, which what every player does need, uh, and he's proven it, he will be hard to displace. And then it will just be a case of, right, you're not in the team today, not because you don't merit it, it's because it's squad rotation. And I think this season will be a coming of age for Elliot Anderson, where he will be accepted as one of the main players in the squad, or at least this squad player of the high standard, uh, and be accepted in the Premier League as, yeah, you're, you're probably quality now. He's going through the same sort of evolution as what Sean Longstaff did last year, and I know the different roles, but the fan base are accepting them, the beliefs there, and the performances are now coming to the fore. So I, I, I could see him playing tomorrow as well. He's a young lad and he's got energy to burn. So I'll be hoping he does play tomorrow and has another big game. And give, give them as many games as you can. When the teams are, when the team is short of players at the moment on that side, as we we're just talking about earlier with. Uh, Barnes out and Willick and Joe Linton still not fully fit. Give him, he said, give him his confidence and say, right, you're going to be playing come hell high water for the next three games. You're playing against Man City. You'll be playing at home against Burnley and you'll also be playing against PSG. We'll speak to you on the other side of that. And just let him, let him do his thing. You know, he's, he's got an exceptional talent. Uh, but the, the way, I think his natural position for me would be a number 10, but we don't play that system. So I think you... So to me, he'd be like the left side of the midfield, just where he played on Sunday. Tell you what, guys, as well, him on on the left and Longstaff on the right, both both stopping the, the opposition. Didn't that give Bruno the opportunity to push yeah. on and play what was yeah. basically his best yeah. game of the season? Because he knew on either side he had two workhorses who were going to be there. They were going to give the ball to set things up, but they were also there if he did slip up for to be able to yeah. win the ball back. And I thought the three of them worked like a dream on on Sunday. And and Bruno also tried some some ball skills that he hasn't been able to do for a while. And I yeah. I think part of that was because of the freedom those two give him. Okay, uh, we are looking ahead to uh, the match uh, tomorrow. Just to let you know, um, I'm not doing a live tomorrow, but five o'clock we'll be showing Kev's attempt at the quiz. Uh, next week, you will see Mitch's attempt 
Uh, and in between that, I'm going to have to record the very final one, which is with Stu. So we need to sort of date out for Stu, and then we'll be able to announce the official winner of the trophy, which John has done. Uh, so um, looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, just while we're here as well, the professionals, um, a lot of people saying they missed Stu on Sunday. Well, it's because Stu can't do Sundays, and we could only do Sunday. What? I can, but I just can't do Sunday mornings. Yeah, well, you couldn't do the Sunday night because of the game, though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, sure. My weekend, just uh, I told the lads before we come on here, I'll be very quick with it. You know, we're talking about being positive and having a good attitude. On Friday, the, the bumper got ripped off my car. Uh, and, I, and I was a great believer in control of controllables. It wasn't my fault. So off to the garage it goes, it gets fixed. And then, well, that's it. I mean, it's a bit of metal at the end of the day. So no, one, no one's damaged or anything like that. Let's get on with it. Saturday, I was meant to be working until two o'clock, and then I got a call from the big man himself, Mr. Mitchell, uh, from the UAE, not Mitch, you know, he knows who I'm talking about, who says they've got a VIP guest coming on in, at three o'clock. Could I sit and entertain him? Uh, he's some basketball player. Now, they give the guy's name, so I've looked at this guy's name, and he's a college player for some Seahawks team or something like that. And I think, well, what's the big fuss with this? He arrives with the right-hand man off the shake here of Bahrain, a cavalcade of cars. And this guy gets there. And I still think it's just you know, someone they've met and just, just I'll just be polite and show him around and do what I was meant to be doing, what I was asked to do. He ends up, be, he's uh, in conversation to his advisor and some of his, his entourage. His name's Jalen Brown. And he's just signed the biggest contract in NBA history. Uh, for the next five years, he's going to get paid over £300 million for bouncing the ball for the next five years. So uh, I'm glad I didn't know that when I first met him. So I had that. And then the people at <laughs> were clock on Saturday, when I'd finished work early, because I ended up doing like loads of hours on the Saturday, when I finished early on the Sunday to get myself ready for the tune game, I was a few Jaegers in, I was on the Vodka Ryan Bruce, and then my phone kept going. And first client I met Saturday decided he wanted to buy something. The phone goes again. The second client said he wants to buy. The third time the phone goes, the client's brother from the second one, he says he wants to buy as well. So I just thought that's just been really positive. Newcastle win 8 0, and I got my car back on the Monday. So there you go. There's always someone. Did Jaden fix the bumper as well? <laughs> did Jaden fix the bumper as well? I tell you what, I did Steve? We're walking through a, a ball that we're opening. Uh, and he accidentally kicked me heel. So I turned around and went, free kick, ref. And he had no idea what I was talking about, you know. <laughs> but went, Classic. Are you, are you for real, man? And I says, what's wrong with you? I'll go around kicking people because you think you're famous. So he, he loved the band he loved the banter. That's the main thing. Okay, uh, we've got Newcastle against Manchester City tomorrow night in the third round of the Carabao Cup. It is a Wednesday. It's an eight o'clock kickoff. It's live on Sky Sports. Uh, there was no public sale for this tie. Season ticket holders who signed up with the relevant cup scheme receiving tickets for their own seats. Um, they can be forwarded or resold as uh, as per uh, website. Uh, if you want to go onto that and check team news, Joe Willock and Joe Linton remain out. Emil Kraft's back in training, still not available. Harvey Barnes ruled out with uh, uh, a long-term foot injury, which uh, is not good. Manchester City, well, Rodri was sent off, so he's suspended. And um, he is intending to field... A week inside, he says. Well, we all know what that means. It's the, the, the first 11 is as good as the second 11 is as good as the third 11. Uh, Calvin Phillips, Jack Grealish, uh, Matteo Kovacic are, bo uh, are all available for selection and all expected to play some kind of part. Chris Kavanagh is the referee. It's his third appointment this year. And uh, VAR is not applicable in this game. Don't forget, the game has to be finished um, after 90 minutes, it's penalties. It, it's got to be finished on the night. So after 90 minutes, it is penalties. The winning side length of the fourth round to be staged following the conclusion of our tie and shown live on Sky Sports. So uh, rumours abound that Joe Linton is back in training. Could he be available tomorrow? We'll have to wait and see. Um, Jordan Cronin's gone heavy with that on the store on, on uh, Newcastle World today. So uh, good to see him coming back. If that is true, whether tomorrow comes too soon. But what are you expecting tomorrow from this game, Stu? And uh, give us your prediction as well, please. Right. Me team, I think, I think they'll start Pope and goal. I think he'll play the two young fullbacks and Lascelles as captain and Botman partnering them. 
In midfield, I think it'll be Anderson, Longstaff and Tenali. And then we'll have uh, Isaac in the middle. We'll have Murphy on the right. And that leaves the man with the confidence. And the number 10 with end product, Mr Anthony Gordon, will be playing on the left. That's my prediction. I think Man City, I don't think the rest of players, I think they've got a little bit of an injury. And I don't think their squad's as good as it has been over uh, the last few years, although that's still an exceptional squad. But I've got a, I've got a feeling that we can, we can win this. Uh, if it's to be done in 90 minutes, we can bring people like Wilson on near the end for penalties and stuff like that, if it gets to that stage. But I think we can beat them 2-0 tomorrow. OK, Kev? Uh, agree with the team what just uh, Stu just said, but um, like I said last night, in terms of my prediction, I think it'll just go all the way to 90 minutes. It'll be very tight, tactically close. Um, and I think it'll go, we'll win it on penalties. Right, okay. Um, what about you, Mitch? Have you got the date today? I do not. The date is on strike after accusations of school. <laughs> um, You're in the hope. <laughs> um, I do wonder what is really being said in the dressing room, given Pep Guardiola's public statement that he doesn't want to waste one percent of energy on the Carabao Cup. How would that make you feel as a player if that's genuinely how he feels? Um, it makes me wonder what what we're coming up against. Is he trying main games? Is he trying to be clever? Um, it certainly sends mixed messages, unless the message within the dressing room is something exceptionally different and much stronger, which is what you'd imagine it to be. Um, I think whatever we put out, we would be putting out a stronger 11 than them. I think home advantage makes a big difference on a night like tomorrow night. Um, and I think we'll take it by the odd goal in three, two, one. Okay. Steve, I'd set a marker down, and I would put I would put virtual full strength team out against them. To be perfectly honest, that's what I would do, and uh, and I'll go for a two nil win. I'll lead. Uh, I'm lucky, Kevin. I think to, to go to penalties, and uh, Newcastle will win. And last but by no means, East George, your prediction, mate. Uh, I'd do with Steve and start with the strongest team I possibly could and uh, filter them out as the game goes on um, and we'll win 1-0 in 90 minutes Okay, well I'm going for a I'm going for a 1-0 win as well I think Newcastle will win 1-0 It's going to be a tight game I think tomorrow but uh, looking forward to it uh, I'm sure everybody is out there Thanks everybody for joining us Thanks to uh, the admin and thanks to everybody in the chat for their questions and uh, thanks to George, Alwaleed, Steve, Mitch, Kev and Stu and we just want to say um, uh, send a little message to Steve Wilkinson who usually joins us um, he's uh, not having the best of time at the minute Steve if you're watching we are thinking of you mate and uh, we're all here for you if you need us mate so uh, feel free to give us a call and um, you know we can have a chat but uh, Steve we are thinking of you I'm sure the lads want to say something as well yeah, yeah I want all the best Steve sorry <clears throat> he was out with me last time I was over for the Villa game and he uses a paint, so <laughs> good Get stuff. Back to Newcastle as soon as possible. You own my paint. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, lads. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. All the best, Steve. One. We still do seven NUFC matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today.